You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, time once again, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being along. As we are one week away. Just one week until this thing starts for real. One week until the Mariners play their first regular season game of the 2016 season. So we're getting into it as camp quickly coming to an end. And some yesterday was a big day in camp. We'll get to it in just a second. The Mariners played a game yesterday we'll talk about. Robinson Cano had an explosion of a day. Shannon Dreyer is going to be here. We'll talk to her about camp and the news yesterday, and what her feeling is about the fifth starter. Some roster decisions were made, and some have yet to be made, and fifth starter is one of those. We'll talk about that in a few minutes with Shannon Dreher. But first things first, roster moves made, and it looks like, well, a job may have been won. Here's Jerry DePoto, general manager for the Mariners. Dejo has the history hitting left-handers. I think he's given us reason to believe in spring training. Uh, very prepared. He's very calm in the batter's box. I think he's gotten better every step of the way as we've gone along. And it's been a pleasant surprise, the defense, and, and particularly the base running. You know, he, he runs the bases really smart. And uh, defense has been much better than we anticipated at first base. And we do have confidence in his history of handling left-hand pitching, which is the role we're trying to fill. Does, does that mean he'll be on a 25-man, or is that still in? Uh, that's to be determined, you know. But right now, that is there is a good chance of that happening. What we what we are confirming today is that we're we're adding him to the 40-man roster. Gotcha. What else are you doing? Uh, we are going to add Joel Peralta eventually. That uh, that will not technically happen today, but we have informed Joel that uh, that he is going to make our club. So that, that'll be more of a, a technical roster move at a, at a later point. But he's he's aware of the, the situation. We made him aware of that this morning as well. What did you like about him? Joel's a gamer. Right? Joel makes a difference in our clubhouse. Uh, I think Joel is a leader in the bullpen. He also showed physically. He's been 90-92 the, the entire spring. And his split fingers, it's a weapon. And he's a guy that gets the righties and the lefties out, kind of a reverse splits type. And, you know, especially in a bullpen that is going to start without Charlie Furbush, the, the idea that Joel Peralta is capable of coming in and getting the better left-hand hitters in the league and, and having strikeout stuff really helps. How long are you anticipating being without Charlie? Uh, TBD. Uh, Charlie, Charlie is, is presently situating himself to have a medical procedure. Uh, have, uh, we were going to make an announcement shortly and let Charlie talk about it, but he's going to have a medical procedure, not a surgical invasion, but a medical procedure that will hopefully uh, help solve some of his, his discomfort or inability to get out there consistently. I wish I could tell you I had a day. I don't know. You know. Our hope is that once we get him out there, he stays out there, and we're not in a rush for that to be opening day or April 15th. We'd just like it to be sooner than later. 
So there it is, General Manager Jared Apoto. A lot of news there, and it started with Deho Lee. Added to the 40-man roster. Wouldn't confirm that he's made the 25 out of camp, but all signs pointing to Deho Lee on the 25-man roster when camp breaks, and he'll be the backup first baseman for the Mariners. Peralta making the bullpen. Of course, the bullpen's been stung by injuries. We'll talk about that with Shannon Dreher coming up in a few minutes, but Peralta will be part of the bullpen. He's made the team. He'll be moving north. And the news, not good with Charlie Furbush, and I think this is this is tough for the Mariners to be without Furbush. I think everyone was hoping for the best coming into this season, hoping that he would be healthy because he's a big part of the bullpen. It was a huge loss and a loss that probably wasn't talked about enough last year when he went down, but he was having – Another sensational season last year. In 33 games, uh, 2.08 ERA, 21 and two-thirds innings, 17 punch-outs, and five walks during that stretch. Uh, He was getting lefties, which is something he's been able to do through his career. But he was also hammering righties last year as well. He was a guy that was getting both out. Coming off of a 2014 season, where he pitched nearly 70 games the year before that. He went over 70 games. He's been a big part of this bullpen for the last handful of years, and someone the Mariners have really been able to rely on from the left side, but uh, he's not going to be ready to start the season. And as you heard there, not exactly sure when he'll be ready to start the season. And again, that's a, that's a tough loss. It's a tough loss for the Mariners as they face life without Charlie. Lefties last year. Just batted a buck five against him. Four for 38 with zero extra base hits and 11 punch outs in 38 at bats. Just really impressive numbers from Furbush against lefties. Last year, of course, a shortened season with the injury, but you look down through the years, year before against lefties and the strikeout to walk ratio, it was laughable when you look at it. 13.5 strikeout-to-walk ratio, 27 strikeouts to lefties, two walks in 2014. They had 19 hits off of them, three doubles and one homer. They're just lefties not able to square him up. And, again, tough loss, and they're trying to fill the lefty role. You mentioned, uh, Jared Apoto mentioned there, Peralta being a guy that can get lefties out. Of course, they're trying Montgomery in the bullpen as well. They have Nuno. Uh, and as lefty as well, but big shoes to fill for Furbush. So we'll be watching that closely, and we'll probably have more information on that today with the announcement and Charlie Furbush talking about it. But there's a little, uh, I guess, preview of what's to come with the bullpen. And again, talk to Shannon about that in just a second. Game yesterday that involved the roster decision, the big roster decision that hasn't been filled yet. But before we get to that, we have to get to Robinson Cano. Hamill holding, continuing to hold. Now deals. Cano swings and rips this out to right field. This is out of the berm by a ton. A two-run home run by Robinson Cano off of Jason Hamill and the Mariners strike first. It's 2-0. And Cano was not done there. Here's the pitch swing, opposite field, fly ball with some carry, back to the warning track, back by the berm, and it's gone for a home run. Cano two for two, this time a three-run blast. He's driven in five, both times at the plate. He's gone deep, first to right field, this time to left, and the Mariners tack on even more. It's six to one, top of the second. Yeah, and how about a third? 
This is pelted out to center. Can he go to all fields? This might have enough. It's gone. A three-run homer day for Robinson Cano. Home run in the first. Home run in the second. And now to center field. Just left of the batter's eye in the eighth inning. Cano, a two-run shot. He's driven in seven Mariners runs today. Well, big day for Robinson Cano. His skipper, Scott Service, talked about that after the ball game. Robinson Cano, wow. It was a pretty special day. It was funny. A fan yelled at him, you know, you hit one to right, you hit one to left. Let me see you hit one to center. And he did. You know, special, special play. Great day for him. Obviously healthy and how good it's just seeing him with that, that health and what he's doing. Yeah, you know, he feels really good, you know, really all spring. You know, when he got in camp, he is healthy. He's got that bounce and a step back. And he, he's, he's out to prove something. And uh, it's a good thing that I'm a part of it and we watch it every day. It's, it's been fun to see so far. It's pretty really simple, though. You know, he's got two home runs and the next step down, he takes a walk and doesn't get there. I mean, how much important is this something? Well, it's a comment I made to the guys on the bench. You know, the, the good players, they can hit a home run, hit two home runs. The great players, they just when they feel it, they keep it rolling. They don't give away at-bats, and he didn't all day today, which is great to see. Side James, probably not what you're looking for. Yeah, you know, um, I thought his stuff was pretty good early in the game. Um, you know, they got they elevated some balls, and, you know, the, the, the home run obviously hurt him today. Uh, not his finest outing, uh, but I, I did think his stuff was better today. Roach, he's kind of keeping some Yeah, uh, again, gets the game back on a normal pace and uh, puts some zeros up there for us. He's got a ton of confidence. Uh, throwing all of his pitches over, you know, for strikes and setting up hitters and very, very aggressive. So, again, he continues to roll, and it's fun to watch him pitch right now. And the news about James Paxton, of course, he took the had the start yesterday, and you heard Scott Service mention it. Paxton, four innings, nine hits, seven runs earned, three walks and no strikeouts, trying to win – the fifth spot, his ERA now sits at 10.80. So Nathan Carnes will get the next turn. We'll see how he does, but the fifth spot coming down to the wire. But Paxton, I don't think this was the outing he was looking for. Here's what he had to say after the game. Uh, yeah, I left some balls up, you know. Um, wasn't uh, my best. I feel like I threw some pretty good pitches out there today, though. Um, you know, the ball was jumping out of the stadium. You know, as you can see, the ball the score is nine to seven. So mm-hmm. it's one of those days. Um, you know, I would have liked to kept the ball down better and kept it on the ground a little more on a day like this. Um, but yeah, that's about it. What do you look at to get the ball down? Is that a mechanic or what, uh, what yeah, adjustments do you kinda, to make when you're out there? Just kind of, I was trying to get that length, um, trying to really reach for the mitt um, out there. Um, I think that. Um, yeah, I don't know my uh, my stride. I was kind of falling into the hole in the mound, and I think I, on the curveball I slipped. <clears throat> Front foot slipped on the curveball to Hayward. Sorry, um, but yeah, I just need to kind of stay closed, maybe a little bit longer. I think I was flying open a little bit. It's tough to judge results down here. I mean, you, you pitched down here before. It's tough to translate how it's going. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, obviously it's what the coaches think that matters. Um, you know, but I've kind of been that guy that um, doesn't get the numbers in spring training kind of my whole career. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to let this start kind of bother me. I'm just going to keep on working and get myself ready for the season and, uh, you know, just get ready to go. Have you seen what you need to see for yourself and knowing yourself and knowing your pitches? Yeah, you know, my bullpens have been really good, feeling great. Um, I feel like uh, 
I'm really close to being right there. And I think that, um, you know, come time, the season starts here in a week, and uh, I think I'll be ready to rock and roll. Did you view, view this as a particularly big start? I mean, as you mentioned, Coach's decision in terms of the competition for that this far at all? Or? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, but I there's nothing I can do about that. I just have to try and focus on what I can control and uh, let them make their decisions. You know, um, they're going to do what they want to do. So that was James Paxton after his start. And we'll get to Shannon Dreyer here in a second. But also something about yesterday that I have to get to. And I'm so thrilled that our friend Aaron Goldsmith was on the mic for this because you you hear the B delay that happened a couple of years ago in the regular season game as part of his open. Looks like there's – oh, maybe we had – oh, Ryan, you are in for a treat. You are here for the first – B action of spring training. Uh, is, is it that Tommy? Oh, spring this training? is Ryan. Consider yourself very lucky. This makes for the best radio, really, any time of the year. As uh, Dexter Fowler is swatting at bees, and now he's climbing the fence in center field, getting away from the bees. I'm so thrilled that Aaron Goldsmith got to be on the mic again for another bee delay, and who knows? Maybe this one will be in the open as well. A new open. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> it could be there. So anyway, James Paxson, back to serious stuff. James Paxson and Carnes. One more start for Carnes, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But to all eyes will be on Nathan Carnes. So let's turn our attention now to Shannon Dreyer as we get to talk about uh, a few of these items as uh, camp quickly coming to a close. Well, Shannon, let's start with things we know about the roster, and it looks like we know the backup first baseman job has been won. It looks like Deholi has, has made the club. He has made the 40-man roster, and they've all but announced him as on the 25-man roster. I don't think he would have taken that assignment or the Mariners would have given him that contract if they weren't intending on putting him on the 25-man roster. So I think that they've seen enough from him. And the key with Deholi is, is he's been able to show that he can play first base and probably a little bit better than we would have expected, which is kind of interesting. And, and one scout pointed out to me is that he's played in Japan and Korea where he's played mostly on turf surfaces. So he's used to the ball getting to him pretty quickly and his, his reflexes and instincts over there I think are a little bit better than we would have thought his footwork is better than we would have thought so it looks like he can play the position he runs the bases decently that's something that Jerry Tipoto pointed out when we talked to him and as far as the offense goes I think when we first heard about him we were having these visions of these huge monster home runs we've all seen I think the YouTube videos of him we haven't seen anything close to that yet but it, it kind of reminds me of a veteran getting ready for the season and for him adjusting to what he's seeing because he's never seen it before. You've seen him take steps with the bat. If he continues to progress, that could be a very good thing for the Mariners, and they are going to give him that opportunity. One of the jobs we're still waiting on, we've talked about the fifth starter battle all through spring, Carnes, Paxton. What is your feel now that we head down to the wire? I, it's tough because they've both been so up and down. You talk about Paxton, you can talk about upside all day long. And what's really interesting about this camp, and I think what's a little bit different from the last few years, is it's not about upside. They want players who can help them right now. Mm. And, and James Paxton has got all the talent in the world. You've got to keep him on the field, and you've got to keep him consistent. While they've had him on the field, and he hasn't always been consistent this spring. And so they're asking for more in that regard. I, I think he's very comfortable with his pitches right now. I think he's getting that breaking ball back, and he wasn't allowed to throw that all fall as he was waiting 
waiting for the finger to heal and the fingernail to heal. I think that's all behind him. I think it's a matter of getting his pitches and being consistent with them, and most importantly, being consistent with that delivery, which isn't easy. Nathan Carnes, on the other hand, is a guy that put up a first, you know, pretty steady first full season. And this is the guy that you know they like him. They use their best trade piece or their best realistic and available trade piece to go get him when they traded Brad Miller to Tampa for both he and Boog Powell, who they also like quite a bit. So you know that this is a guy that I think they planned all along at having in the rotation, but again, it has ups and downs. And with Carnes and talking to people, he seems to kind of be on the opposite end. He can kind of to get things going physically. It's the mental side that he needs to work on. He's a guy that thinks too much or works too much and really just needs to go out there and pitch a little bit more. So, you know, this one I do think is going to come down to the wire. There was some talk of what could either help you in the bullpen. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that we would see that at this point in the spring. So I think that right now it's going to come down to whoever looks best in those last two outings. Well, you mentioned bullpen, so let's talk about it. I, you look at uh, injuries that have hit this team, and they've essentially all hit the bullpen, and it's already a spot that we were talking about, a spot of concern heading into this season. Where are things at with the bullpen as we're a week away from heading north? Well, I, I think the back end of the bullpen, you've got fairly settled. You did bring in Steve Suchek to be your closer. You did bring in Joaquin Benoit to be your eighth inning guy and also to step in and close occasionally as needed. Uh, they both have looked okay in the spring. I had a little bit of a concern and they, they both had, they both missed a little bit of time with some extra aches and pain. But, you know, we'll see in these last couple of uh, weeks and Cishek is scheduled to, to pitch back-to-back. His first outing of that back-to-back was not good. I'm very interested to see how he bounces back in the second outing. Then while he's done this for so long, and yeah. if you can get another year from him at just what he's done, I don't like the idea that you get nervous just because he's older. He, right. he really has been very consistent. So I think you like that in the eighth inning. And of course, we're hoping that Charlie Furbush would be ready. He is not going to be ready. In fact, a little news on that is Jerry DePoto said that Charlie, he's been kind of weighing his options and what he can do. He's been dealing with some pain in a different area of the shoulder and then upper arm than he had been before, but he simply hasn't been able to bounce back and get back out on the mound. He's been weighing his options, talked to doctors, and now it appears that he's going to have what they call a medical procedure that is not surgical. So this hopefully is something that if it works, you're looking at weeks rather than months, of course, if you were looking at surgery. So he is still very much a wait and see and will not be there. The good news is they have Vidal Nuno, who they very much Mm -hmm. like in any left-handed role in the pen. And this is a guy who can pitch to lefties, to righties. He can pitch to one tough lefty if you need him. He can be in there for three innings if you need him. He's been very steady throughout the spring. He's going to help this team a lot. Trying to find out what Mike Montgomery is right now. It looks like they're going to need him because they don't really have other left-handed options. And this is a guy who's got the possibility to really bring it with that over-the-top fastball that he has in his curveballs with it this spring. Talked with Mel Stottlemyre. He calls it a plus-breaking ball when it's on. That, of course, would be used. And then that's when you kind of have the trouble, the right-handers, filling out those last spots. Tony Zick should get one. He's been a little bit up and down in camp and looked better in the last uh, week and a half. And then you've got to fill uh, another couple of spots. Joel Peralta has made the club, we have been told, and he has been told for that matter. So then it's going to get down to a Don Roach or a Blake Parker. Or what I think we are probably going to see is help from the outside. You know, I think when I think about the bullpen right now, I think Tony Zick may be the key guy the whole thing in terms of giving the bullpen a little bit of depth, assuming that the back two guys are healthy and effective. Zick could really put it all together when you talk about the sixth and seventh innings. 
he could, and they need him for that. And I think they've really been trying to build him up to that. And, and you know, there, there's confidence is big when you're a reliever. It's yeah. big in this game period, but when you're a reliever, it, it, it's that much bigger for them. And I, I think that he's got the attitude, and they I don't think they're shy about putting him in tough situations from what he showed last year. So, you know, you hope that he can have it. We haven't always seen the slider be as sharp as it can be this spring, but it's spring training. You know, we haven't seen the velocities with a lot of these guys, but again, yeah, that can be an adrenaline thing. So it's you have to really kind of wait and see until the lights come on and what, what these guys really are. But Zick, without a question, I mean, if they can get him the further back of that bullpen, they can get him the better. Yeah, I think it's really interesting this spring when you look around the Cactus League in general. It's really hard to dial in any pitching at this point in terms of what they're going to bring uh to the major league season because you look at it and the numbers are inflated with just about every team you look at the giants rotation just all around the cactus league the offensive numbers are incredible the pitching numbers are not good all the way around no but that's spring training and i think that's one of the things where you really just have to when it's a pitcher you have to focus in on the stuff not so much the velocity but are they getting the break and how comfortable are they with all of their pitches that i think is the most important thing i like to see the relievers in particular look sharp those last you know 10 days of camp you feel pretty good when you see that as far as the offense goes i think what the mariners have built you know if you don't see it in the spring i think you're still going to see it in the regular season this is a different kind of offense Mm -hmm. and what i've kind of tried to tell people about it is you know they've tried to build a little bit more to having more of the bigger guys and more of the home run guys in the past they can go through slumps this club is built more to on-base percentage, and on-base percentage goes through much less drastic slumps. It's not all live or die with the on-base percentage. As long as your guy can get on or move the guy over, he can contribute, and that's been a huge focus in this camp, and we've seen that work. And one of the things that's really impressed me about that is I'd have to go back and look at my book, but it seems like every night the one and two hitter, and they've, they've mixed and matched a whole bunch because you never run the entire lineup out there. They're all getting on and scoring in that first inning, which has been fantastic to see. Yeah, no doubt about that. No, that is fantastic, especially with the middle of the order when you're talking about Cano and Seeger and Cruz. I mean, that's that's an impressive middle of the order. Is there anything in camp that you saw that surprised you? Anything that surprised me during camp? I'm going to say that the biggest pleasant surprise that I have had is how quickly this team and this coaching staff have gelled. I think we had a lot of questions, hey, with just a completely different organizational philosophy, a new general manager, and B, but a manager who hasn't managed at any level before. Mm. And the way that Scott Service has gone about his business, bringing in the veterans, enlisting their help, having the morning meetings, and you know, then just kind of sneaking in some of the sabermetric stuff that we've heard, I think that the balance that they've had and the work that they've done is some of the best that I've ever seen. And the biggest surprise to me is that end of things, when you consider that he hasn't done this before and it is so different, has been absolutely seamless. Well, Shannon, I know this is a crazy day as we get down to roster cuts and everything else at the end of spring. So I really appreciate the time. And we're getting close, just a week away. Can't wait. Oh, I'm ready. Let's get this thing started. Well, there it is, Shannon Dreyer. Always great to catch up with Shannon. Great perspective there from camp. You know, it's interesting. I kind of want to expand on one of my questions to give it a little context because it may not have made sense if you've heard me talk about spring training and spring training numbers in the past because I asked her about 
pitching numbers, especially this year, that are kind of hard to wrap your arms around. And it's pretty interesting when you look at it. Because I, I think numbers in general at spring training are very hard to read into for a number of reasons. One, you're in Arizona for all your games, and it just the games tend to slant towards offense with just the weather, the temperature, those sorts of things. But there are always circumstances that are a little different in spring training that, that's hard to compare, well, regular season games to, for example. You could have a veteran on the mound that's working on his curveball one day, may throw 18 of them in a row. I mean, you never know what lineups you face. You could be randomly facing a double-A lineup in a, a split-squad game, that sort of thing. It's just There's so many variables in a spring training game that it's hard to put too much stock into numbers. And I know something – I look at numbers, obviously, in spring training because I think that they go into decision-making when it comes to – Roster spots for roster battles uh, for a young guy trying to make a ball club. I mean, numbers are more important in some circumstances than others. On the other side of things, whether Kyle Seeger hits 450 in spring training or 150 in spring training, it doesn't really change my opinion of what I think he'll do during this upcoming season. Although, as I always say, you'd rather see a guy produce and play well in spring training than not. So that's kind of my general rule of thumb. But that's kind of in a thumbnail how I view spring training and spring training stats. But what I was alluding to is something that I found interesting. And, and Shannon's absolutely right. It, conditions are always tough in Arizona, and the Cactus League in particular, it's just the way it is. It's the way it plays. But I think it's even more extreme coming into this year. And you heard me reference, like, San Francisco, who has just really struggled pitching the ball despite a really strong staff. I mean, ERA at six and a half. And it's it's funny when you break down the numbers team by team. There's only two teams this year in the Cactus League out of 15 teams that actually have a better ERA this spring than they did last spring, the Angels and the Rangers. Overall, the runs given up, it's nearly even, and there's still a week to play this year in this Cactus League. 2,112 runs given up by Cactus League teams this year as opposed to last year, 2,211. So it's going to surpass last year by a lot. Team ERA, when you combine all 15 teams, a 5-3-1 ERA for all teams this year in Cactus League play. Last year, 4-6-3. That's a pretty significant difference. Now, I'm just comparing two years, but... It was just something I was noticing, and I started to look into it, and it's it's really striking how much offense there has been this year in the Cactus League, even compared to last year when there was a ton of offense in the Cactus League. I mean, you look at the ERA, ERAs by numbers, and they're big. I mean, San Diego, 669. Uh, Chicago's over 5. Cincinnati, Oakland over 6. And again, for a lot of the reasons that I mentioned before, but so much higher than last year. I don't know what this means, probably nothing, but I think it's kind of interesting, especially when you see some of the pitchers and some of the teams that have been batted around. But it's something to keep in mind when you look at spring training numbers, particularly for Mariners pitchers moving forward. Mariners, just for reference, is a team of 5.04 ERA in spring training. And that's actually... Pretty good in comparison, 
<laughs> to a lot of the other teams in the Cactus League. I mean, it's kind of right in the middle of the pack with Colorado 5-7, Milwaukee 5-2, and Chicago 5-0-7. So it's kind of right there in that pack, which, again, I don't know what you can take from this moving forward. I just found it interesting. Speaking of interesting, since we're a week away now from the beginning of the regular season and Felix Hernandez making another opening day start, I thought we would turn back the clock and play just one strikeout from Felix Hernandez and his first opening day start. Here it is. On this, his first opening day assignment. He has been absolutely brilliant. So far, a three-hit shutout. And the next pitch. Swing and a miss at strikeout number 12. See you later! See you later! See you later! It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. 